Welcome to another episode of The Producers. I am Mark Sands, and with me, as always today, is Matt Sands. How's it going? Pretty good. I uh, hear that you have flown in from Austin. How was your flight? It was uh, it was good. I was at the airport in Dallas for like nine hours unexpectedly, so that was that was interesting. But I caught up on Gotham, so I'm caught up there now, um, and I'm I'm at home, so it's it's good to be back. That's for sure. For a second, I thought you were going to turn into Tom Hanks from the movie Terminal. So. <laughs> yeah. Once you text me, you told me to run through the run into the men's bathroom. Say it. Exactly. Uh, yeah, the bite tweet. Yeah, bite tweet, bite tweet, bite tweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you know, make a um, a little collage or or mosaic out of the bathroom tiles. Yes, yeah. Just start acting like I work there. Yeah, blend in. Yeah. So, I saw the Avengers: Age of Ultron twice. Actually, I twice. It so much. Ah. Um, I only saw it once. I didn't know twice. That's cool. So we both saw it. Uh, it's been a few days since we've seen it. Um, Go ahead. Give us your give us your initial reaction. Maybe your your post viewing summary. Did it live up to the hype? What do you think? Yeah, I've uh, I've only seen it once. I saw it uh, the opening weekend. So yeah, we're a little late coming to the podcast with this, but um, it's been a little while since I've seen it now. But uh, yeah, after I left, I I really liked it a lot actually. Um, I think I liked it better than the first one. To be honest. Interesting. I, we were talking about the uh, first movie today at work, and I, I realized how much I forget about the movie. I would like to go back and watch it uh, because I forget a lot of the plot. Um, it did feel like there was some prerequisites to this movie uh, to kind of understand a little bit of the overarching theme. So uh, Vision's character with the Infinity Stone. So Guardians mm-hmm. of Gal- the Galaxy. It was good that we mentioned that, and you're right. There is crossover, so... I oh, will time, be yeah. seeing the, the uh, second Guardians of the Galaxy when that comes out. That'll be fun. And I heard that the te- the Guardians will be in uh, at least one of the next Avenger movies. Oh, that's cool. That'll be fun. Which makes perfect sense. Yeah, um, I mean, they're going to have to fight Thanos or something. I mean, it's going to... That's what it's going to have to come down to, so... Yeah. But so one... Th- what, sorry, go ahead. What did you like better? Did you like the first or the second Avengers better? Or do you well, have a preference? I, I, again, like I said, you know, I may have to go back and rewatch the first one because I just kind of forget what it was about. Um, I do remember, you know, the aliens coming through and and uh, Iron Man kind of having to go through the portal and all that stuff, and, and Loki mm-hmm. yeah. playing a bigger role. Um, but that's that's all I really remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things I, I forgot, I think we both forgot to mention this in the last episode, was the two new characters so elizabeth olsen and aaron taylor johnson show up which is x-men crossover uh however quicksilver is played by aaron taylor johnson in this one and in x-men days of future past quicksilver uh is has a a very funny scene in which he runs through with headphones on in the room and uh, moves some bullets around and stuff in the uh pentagon or wherever michael fassbender is being held captive and he's played by Evan Peters. And what's interesting is Evan Peters and Aaron Taylor Johnson are, are both co-stars in, in the movie uh, Kick-Ass. So there's a little oh, rivalry okay. or something going on. Um, so, so some degrees of Kevin Bacon, if you want to play that game, that, that'll be helpful. Um, 
Yeah, that's interesting. Yes, but not to keep a long story short, my one of my favorite scenes in this movie was the the, the appearance of Andy Serkis playing Ulysses. That scene was amazing, and I just love Andy Serkis. I think we're gonna do an, <laughs> a, a show sooner than later about underrated actors or underrated movies or something. And I think Andy Serkis is uh, a god among men when it comes to just roles and his performance. They're, they always blow my mind when he's on the set. So that's yeah. really all I have to say about that. Yeah, I, we I, we could do a whole episode on the second Avengers movie, I'm sure. Um but yeah, my initial reaction upon leaving was that, was that it was really good. I, I really thought there was a lot of depth to the characters in this this movie. Um, I, I liked the approach they took. I thought the action scenes were really cool. The opening action sequence was really, really, really well done. Um, yes, I loved it when they had all the Avengers kind of lined up and parallel. Yeah, you know they talking about the slow-mo, you know, to kind of oh, start yeah. the movie with them all right there. And then that was really cool. And then Captain America just chucking the uh the motorcycle at the guys um was pretty awesome and a guy that i was sitting next to he's a guy that we both know um when it happened he was like oh wow that was cool like really loud in the theater but uh, <laughs> no it was a lot of fun um yeah just really really well done they they did that they did it right i was uh my expectations were kind of high i was i was really hoping they would they would hit the bar and, and they did i think they uh, i think they nailed it so kudos to to Marvel and uh, and the studio, uh, yeah, they did a good job. Very cool. Um, yeah, totally agree. The opening sequence was was just awesome. Yeah, sweet, sweet stuff. So, what do we got on the plate today? What do we uh, what do we wax and so, about? Yeah, the last week or so, I've been on a, a book binge, and I've read gobs of books for some reason. Um, and one of those books I've read was all you need is kill and this is actually the book that inspired the movie edge of tomorrow starring tom cruise and emily blunt and it is a japanese book written by hiroshi sakurazaka and uh yeah matt have you seen this movie i have indeed actually i saw it uh last year at the drive-in very nice yeah um drive-ins are underrated they are underrated, but in this particular instance, it may have like it may have dampened the experience of watching this movie because the the last kind of big sequence in the movie where Tom Cruise is basically you know he's di- he's diving underwater right. Um, yeah, I guess we should gosh. just say now that spoiler alert for yeah, the movie. Yeah. I'll, I won't spoil the book, but we're gonna ruin the the plot to the movie oh for sure if you haven't seen it definitely see it it's a good movie um but yeah the last scene he's under the water and the drive-in it was it was kind of like i don't know it it wasn't projecting very brightly to begin with and so that whole last sequence was almost just pitch black and so it was kind of hard to to see what was happening i mean you knew what was happening but you know you're just kind of at that point going blind on it but uh so it kind of it was like all this build up and then it got there and I was like what's happening? What's he doing? I can't see. Oh no. And then yeah. then the end happened and it was like okay, no I I'm with it now. But uh, Yeah. The ending was uh I really liked the ending of the movie. Um now the ending in the book is completely different. Really the whole the majority of the book is very different than the movie, which 
I enjoyed because I read the book after having seen the movie. Yeah. And I didn't want to just read what I watched. Right, definitely. I'm I'm finishing up the Hunger Games novels right now. Easy reads. I'm knocking them out in like a few nights. And so far, it's like, this is me rewatching the movie, basically. So <laughs> uh, it's been kind of nice. It was kind of nice to read this book and, and it be so different. Uh, the narrative, um, it's written in prose. I'm not a literature expert at all, but it's got some first person mixed with some third person and it's split up into four different sections and it, and it actually reads very well. And mm. I really like the writing style, even though it was translated from Japanese into English. Uh, whoever did it did an amazing job. Um, it is, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a very good, it's on point, you know, it's, uh, there's mimics, um, the, there's a time loop, but really other than that, the names are the same and then it's kind of different. Interesting. And as I was reading this, you know, it's Japanese. So it's like, how did a Japanese novel go to like a theatrical American release with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt? Usually this kind of stuff gets its own little uh, anime TV series or something, which I think would do really well uh, in the like adult market or something over there because yeah. it's very mecha, you know, big JRPG swords in this movie. Yeah. Um, and the way the book is written, it it could work as a like at least a ten episode series. Um, now in the movie, not so much because the days are repetitive, um, literally the same day. Now in the book, it's a little different. The days are um, slightly different, and you see progression of the character and the protagonist, and and you get different perspectives as well. And there's a really good backstory to both of the characters, which I was really upset the movie didn't have. The backstory to Rita was really interesting. She was a little farm girl in Alabama and wanted to live raising, I think it was pigs or something, because this the mimics, she had uh, been born into a generation where the mimics were already there. And, and it even explained uh. the uh, how they got there from a distant planet where other people lived and these mimics are sort of these creations. And I guess the physics and the science, it really explained how that worked and stuff. And really, the mimics were um, a, a product of this uh, technology that bred itself to destroy the Earth so that they could travel and use Earth as like a second home. And it was a gamble on whether or not like humans lived there or whatever. Hmm. Um, I won't go into too much detail because it, it's very sciencey and stuff. But um, the Breedis backstory was really interesting in, in how she grew up on this farm raising pigs, food for the... Uh, the war heroes and stuff, and she wasn't into war. And then suddenly the mimics swam up the Mississippi River, uh, which is literally in my backyard. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, they killed her whole family, and she went off to war. Um, so I, it was really cool character development. But the movie was very cool. Nice. Yeah, I enjoyed the movie. I think it... Um it's one I need to go back and watch again because I only had the, the initial viewing. And mm -hmm. um, it, it actually ended up on some best of lists at the end of last year, uh, which I was kind of surprised because initially I was like, oh, that was enjoyable. Um, you know, if it was, you know, ratings out of four stars, I would have given it a solid three. Um, so I, I do need to go back and watch it again because I thought it had some cool ideas 
Um, I thought the execution of the um, kind of time loop was done really, really well. Um, it did feel a little repetitive sometimes. And again, I get that that's kind of the whole point that, that he's repeating this sequence over and over until he progresses through it. But um, I felt like there were a couple of things that were like, all right, we get like he has to go all the way back to the beginning. Like we've seen this like 18 times in a row now, like jump us ahead a little bit. But it was kind of a minor criticism because, again, I, I thought the action was really well done. I, I even thought Tom Cruise was was really good in the part. I, he does the action star thing really well, even in his 50s now. So um, and Emily Blunt's great. I think she's a great actress. Um, she brought a lot of depth to her character, um, even for not having a ton of screen time. And there were some cool moments. I have a feeling that there was probably more in what you would call a director's cut that they had to cut out for the movie. Um, like, again, spoiler alert, so if you haven't seen the movie, things are about to get ruined. But uh, there's the part where <laughs> Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt are driving in a car, and she, you know, is, is excited because, you know, they've reached this certain point. And again, she doesn't know that there's this she's aware that there's a time loop but she doesn't know how far into it he's progressed so she's you know behind in knowledge on him but he's kind of playing it off as if this is the farthest he's been but you you get the sense from him that he's hiding something from her that something is about to happen and so it, it sort of gets to this point where she's like okay here we are and he's kind of like i've never been past this point like we are as far as we've been and every time this happens and you have to die i mean he's, he's basically admitting to her like he's killing her every time that they get to this point and she's not aware of it um and there's just there's a great moment in the car i don't know there's there's a little scene in it. i just think it was really well done it brought a lot of emotion to the movie uh kind of broke up the action a little bit and gave the the movie something to fight for you know that you were kind of hoping to have and uh yeah again i Maybe a little bit of an underrated movie last year, I think. Yeah, definitely. I I don't know why it wasn't as popular. I don't think it was marketed well. I think if you go and buy the movie in stores, they gave it a different cover that yeah. very largely bolds the font. I want to say it says live, die, repeat or yeah, something it like does. that. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people were like, oh, they uh, renamed this movie. And they didn't rename it. It's just like one of those cases um that surround like dvd packaging and stuff yeah and it makes it look like it's different so it was kind of a, a hollywood play to market the movie a little bit differently yeah the, it was such a weird marketing campaign for it like i liked the trailers for it mm -hmm. um and i even thought the title edge of tomorrow was a really cool title and then it sort of got a lukewarm reception and, and lukewarm box office receipts on its release so then the you know the studio was like, oh, we have to do something different. Let's live, die, repeat on the front cover. And it was like, well, I, I don't think that the plot is the question from people in the marketing. It just, it, the marketing itself almost made it look like a video game. Yeah, it looked like a Halo movie. Yeah, exactly. And it actually kind of reminds me of that type of genre of games. Yeah, I, I honestly think some people stayed away because they were like, oh, this is going to be a generic, formulaic uh, video game action movie and and to a certain extent it kind of was I mean you had that sort of like you die so you have to start back from a checkpoint and move forward but it wasn't yeah. it wasn't a video game at all I mean it had some really cool like you said sciencey kind of stuff that it dived into and 
um, I, yeah, I thought it was a really cool story, and I'm, I'm kind of upset it didn't do better. So. Yeah. And I want to say that this the book title was translated awkwardly. I mean, mm. all you need is kill. Yeah. Just screams, all your base are belong to, to us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so I, it really bothers me to like read that title without like, freaking out. Um, <laughs> real quick, though, we do want to point out the, the director of this, uh, Doug Lemon, Lyman, uh, he was the director of the Bourne trilogy. Uh, so okay. he's got that running for him. And then the screenplay, one of the writers was Christopher McQuarrie who did uh, Jack Reacher, Valkyrie. Uh, mm. He's writing the new Mission Impossible movie. So he's not done a ton of stuff, but they definitely have some action heroes that were behind this movie. So I definitely yeah. recommend it. A lot of Tom Cruise flicks from that, uh, from that other guy. Yep. Cool stuff. Um, any other questions you have for me, Matt, before we kind of move on to our next segment of potpourri i i wish i did um i wish i'd gone back and rewatched the movie because i probably would have more questions but i think you kind of covered it pretty well i think the questions that people may have were more around like well what does the ending mean you know yeah. um just to completely ruin the movie you know he he kills the the omega creature and like becomes the time lord so that he starts over the whole period and they've won the war and everyone's alive and it's kind of like i did it haha and then he sees uh the character rita emily blunt's character and she's like is that do i have something on my face and it's like oh no that's where the movie ends mm-hmm. um yeah and then a lot of people i remember overhearing as they left the theater what happened how'd that work um but i will say that the movie or sorry the book is completely different so you won't find an explanation out of the book. Yeah, I feel like the movie's ending was, was kind of predictable. You know, I mean, you could see it going one of two ways. Either he kills it and they get to keep moving forward with life and time from there, or it did what the movie did and, it, oh, it's, it's refreshed and he did it. You know, it was like that was the two possibilities and it went one way. And, again, not bad, but just a little bit predictable. Yeah. Um I, for me, though, I think the cool stuff is just the science behind what, where the mimics are from, how they got there, what their purpose is, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, the ba- the character development of, of who is Tom Cruise's character, Sergeant Cage, and, and who is Rita. And the book explains all of that. So um, I do recommend the book if, if you're interested in that, if you like the movie. Um, so, yeah. Sounds good, man. All right, what's up next, sir? What do you got for us? What you got, Willis? Um, <laughs> what you talking about, Willis, is what I meant to say. Um, so, Supergirl trailer was released uh, yesterday, I believe. Um, we've known about this TV show for a long time. Um, so DC uh, wants to come in the race. You know, Marvel's kind of, do- kind of dominating the television landscape right now with, uh, they have Sergeant Carter is that what it's called? Or Agent Carter? Agent and Carter. Agents yeah. of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and, well, I guess, so they do have the Arrow and, and Flash now as a spinoff. Um, but, um, but yeah, so Supergirl's coming out, and it stars Melissa Benoist. Is that how you say it? She, uh, 
was in Glee most recently. Um, she was the girlfriend in the movie Whiplash, if you've seen that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like this is actually a DC uh, produced television series, unlike Smallville, which I was a fan of at the time it came out. And that's why we didn't see the cape in that TV show is because I, I, I heard, I, I couldn't find any sources on this tonight, but apparently, you know, DC has all the rights to that stuff. So in the show, they couldn't, you know, show him flying with a cape and all that stuff and, and call him Superman. So he was the the red blur or the blue blur or something like that. It was just kind of weird. And now it's kind of like, oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so DC, Supergirl. Matt, does that um, spark your interest at all, even remotely? I'll be honest, not really at all. Um, I didn't ever watch Smallville. I've never seen an episode of it. Um, yeah, I'm just, <laughs> I'm not. All right. I don't know. I wa- I've watched the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I think it's an okay show. Um, I'll watch season two when it comes on Netflix, just because I was already a season into it. But I'm not I'm not a huge comic book guy or superhero guy. I, I, the exception is Batman. I love Batman um, in any form, comics, TV shows, movies, all of the above. Um, and I did like the the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies, so I'm kind of upset that he's not going to be back in those. But yeah, Supergirl just is not. Not trip my trigger. It's uh, I probably will not be watching it. I didn't even watch the trailer, so yeah. I am I'm behind on this man. That no, that's that's totally acceptable. Um, I, I will say that it does look very um, teen oriented. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's uh, me being a little judgmental about the show without having seen an episode of it, but it just looks it doesn't look as polished as Smallville did, and and I'll I'll admit that Smallville was kind of a Teen flick. I think it was on the, the WB primetime, you know, alongside, uh, um, uh, you know, like Dawson's Creek style <laughs> TV yeah. dramas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it, it is, it is what it is. Uh, speaking of uh, Spider-Man, I did read a little bit more on the, the next two Avengers movies and supposedly Spider-Man is there's talks of Spider-Man making an appearance in one of the, the movies, which really has me kind of worried because they yeah. haven't really nailed down that character. Um, so whoever they get yeah. to play that part, I hope it does well. Yeah. It's, it's such a mess with that whole Spider-Man thing. I, it's crazy. It's, <laughs> it's just so weird. Yep. For sure. And who knows if we'll see the Hulk and, and Iron Man anymore. Cause they kind of wrote them out. Uh, at least they put those characters in a, a position where it's possible that they won't be in the next movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, I forgot to mention that, and, and that was that. Was, I'm okay with that. You know, I think Robert Downey Jr. as an actor wants to do more potentially. Um, I I don't know if there's any real reason behind it besides that. Mm, it's speculative. So yeah, Supergirl. It's uh, it looks like it's gonna be a CBS show. I, I'm not 100% on that, but uh, it's coming out soon. We'll see. You know, it's just all this competition. Yeah, of the comic book superheroes. Exactly. Um, They're all just kind of hopping on the, 
on the train hoping to get a piece of it is they're the they're riding pie, the way out. So. yeah exactly ride the train for as long as it'll go absolutely right into the ground <laughs> <laughs> well you you have your bets so if it, if it happens you heard it here first that's right <laughs> um i think our, our potpourri segment is uh um <laughs> kind of all over the place this episode but one of the movies that has kind of fallen under the radar that comes out this month is uh, a new movie called Aloha. Yes. Yeah. Very excited about this movie. Cameron Crowe's new movie. Uh, I am a big Cameron Crowe fan. Um, I just, everything the guy's done from almost famous through, um, like Jerry Maguire. Um, we bought a zoo. Yeah, we bought a zoo. Kind of an underrated family flick. Definitely. Um, Elizabeth Town, also one of my favorite movies. Say Anything from the late '80s with John Cusack, and that's just his directing credits. And he he wrote those as well. But uh, yeah, I just, I'm a big fan. I'm I'm excited for this movie. Um, definitely. It it, I think it hasn't been marketed well on the commercials mainly because of the action flicks that have come out or that are coming out even with the Avengers and Mad Max is coming up. Tomorrowland is getting a lot of publicity. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but the cast is kind of an all-star cast. It's Um, just to name a few. Uh, There's Emma Stone, Rachel McAdams, Bradley Cooper, and John Krasinski. You got Um, Bill Murray in there as well. Um, And Bill Murray is very selective on the roles he takes. So, um, when you see him in a movie, it's usually, you know, cause to at least check it out a little bit. So definitely. Um, but it, it looks interesting. Uh, I guess the the premise of the movie is there's a uh, a workaholic who, which is a pre- played by Bradley Cooper, who somehow runs into Rachel McAdams, an old fling, and they get to talking and she is dating or something of that nature with uh john krasinski it seems and so forth so it's almost like one of those uh it's a love triangle sure it's like the she's just not that into you movie but with a different cast and a different plot just has that like hey there's a bunch of actors and actresses who are pretty famous let's put them all in a movie and make it about relationship drama so i hope that's not what it's about <laughs> and given it's a uh, cameron crow probably won't be it'll probably be really good so i'm looking forward to that movie yeah i am too i am really excited about it um again it you know it's sort of a romantic comedy sort of a thing and you can probably predict what will happen in it but you know with cameron crow you always know that even if it's predictable the writing and the dialogue is going to be really solid the directing is going to be solid the acting is going to be solid. So, you know, it may not be like a life-changing movie, but it's going to be high-quality entertainment. And uh, when you're plunking down, you know, $10 plus per ticket at a movie theater, um, or even just spending two hours of your time watching a movie, you want it to be as good as it can be. And I think uh, I think this will be. Uh, will be really good. will be definitely worth seeing. For sure. And that comes out the end of this month, May 29th. And yep, yep. It has our uh, has our seal of approval for movies we're interested in. I guess I should say, have not seen it, of course, yet. But uh, I will I will be there shortly after it opens for sure. 
Uh, Matt, do you have anything uh, else you want to throw in this uh, potpourri bag? Yeah, Friday. Um, I hope to. Well, I won't be at the movies on Friday, but hopefully sometime this weekend I can get over to the movies and uh, and catch the new Mad Max movie. I uh, that's a movie I've been looking forward to for like six to eight months now since I you know saw the first trailer for it. I am I am all in. This movie looks incredible. Uh, <laughs> you have Tom Hardy, Charlize Theron, uh, Nicholas Holt is in it as well. And they have the the original director, George Miller, came back for this. Uh, was a co-writer and the director. Uh, just It looks so amazing. The cinematography on this, the colors, everything just pops. This is one that like you have to see on the big screen in order to kind of get the full experience of it, I'm sure. And uh, I know <laughs> growing up, our dad was a big fan of the Mad Max movies. So I remember seeing Road <laughs> Warrior when I was like 10. Um and yeah, I'm a big fan of those still and cannot wait. I'm really, really excited for this movie. Oh yeah. I may, I may go see it. I was kind of on the fence, but oh. you're right. There is something to this movie in the action sequences and the production value uh, has gone so far in the last few decades. Yeah. I mean, just take Star Trek, for example, right? Uh, compare like some of those, uh, you know, ship crashing sequences where... Um, I want to say there's like a tumbler of this where it's has the actors in uh, Star Trek whenever like there's some turbulence and they float or kind of fall around. Yeah. And it stabilizes the the gif so yeah. you can kind of just see them acting falling and it looks ridiculous. Um, like like that's what I think of when I think of Star Trek quality uh, versus the JJ Abrams reboot. Yeah. And today, you know, they're so much better and you know, that doesn't make it automatically a good film, but it is definitely more entertaining in theaters. I will say that. Oh, it's yeah. It's, I mean, it's one of those, like there are some movies that require like the scope of a movie screen to really get across the look of the film. Um, you know, 2001 a space odyssey, Lawrence of Arabia movies like that, that, you know, at one time were projected on 70 millimeter film. That's what this kind of reminds me of. And, and those early Mad Max movies, were just they were at a time when punk rock was kind of becoming popular so you have that sort of steampunk feel uh very dystopian and it looks like they've just kept that vibe going all the way through um and steampunk is kind of popular right now too so um i don't know though it just looks crazy it looks over the top it looks insane and and i'm gonna be there and it's gonna be awesome so i have high expectations i i hope that they're met i really do so yep i'll be watching it and the crowd will be going bananas that's for sure absolutely maybe we should uh try to get dad to go see it with us on saturday uh, <laughs> that'd be cool, not a so. bad idea <laughs> cool stuff yep i think that's all i've got sir i don't uh not much else new that i've seen pop up or not any earth-shattering news and and unfortunately, the only thing recent I've seen is is the Avengers. So, uh, for sure, yeah, not much in the potpourri bag here for me. Yeah, I don't have a lot to say. Um, I know Tomorrowland came out with a new feature yesterday. I haven't. Wa- oh, I think nice. I'm gonna not watch it. Yeah. Because I don't want to ruin the show anymore. I'm with you. Then yeah. it's kind of already has. 
given because I was I was already sold into it when it had the teaser, like the thirty second teaser. And the more I watch the trailers and stuff, and it gets kind of, uh, um, you know, just kind of ruins it. Um, I will say, um, Johnny Depp's new movie, is it called Black Mass? Do you Ooh, know what I'm I talking about, know. Matt? Uh-uh, I don't. Um, shoot, who's it star? It, it's Johnny Depp, and he plays a, a crime lord who, in real life, just went to prison a few years ago. And it's a story of him, and, and the trailer for that movie that came out uh, I want to say last week um, was really good. Like the trailer itself was just a scene and they're in the dining room and he is kind of like joking around with his, his mob buddies and he like wants him to, to confess something and the mood gets serious and the, the atmosphere is like, oh no, he's going to pull out a gun out and shoot him or something. And then all of a sudden he just starts laughing at the guy like, ha ha, I got you in this like super creepy manner and this other guy's sweating and it's like, oh man, like, <laughs> I, I want to watch this movie now. Um, I need to check that out. You know, I, I, I will go that. on record. Yeah, definitely. I will go on record saying Johnny Depp is very hit and miss, but this looks like one of his um, performances where it is leaning towards the hit side. Yeah. Oh, it looks like, yeah, he's Whitey Bulger. Um, yeah. Famous mobster. Um, did you, have you seen the, the rest of the cast? I, I just forget who's in it um, besides Johnny Depp. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is in it. Yes, that so, uh, I knew someone big was in there. Thank you. Yeah, Dakota um, Johnson of Fifty Shades of Grey is in it as well. Okay. Uh, Kevin Bacon. Right. Okay. So yes, Kevin Bacon, Benedict Cumberbatch. That's the two I was thinking of. about. Uh, I knew Peter Sarsgaard is in it. Yes. Yeah, yes. A pretty good cast. Yeah, I knew I was forgetting the names, but I, all I could think of was Johnny Depp. So, I will say that I am interested in this movie. Um, basically having seen the cast and that trailer. So I will recommend watching that trailer. Um, and I hope in the future more trailers turn out similar to this because of, of just the way it's set up. And it doesn't ruin anything, uh, really. But it gives really the, a desire to see the movie, at least. Very cool. Very, very cool. I'll, uh, I'll definitely have to check that out but further. Excellent. Um, well, I guess with that... That's all we have to say, and we will see you next time on The Producers. Am I supposed to say something here? <laughs> I didn't know what you were going to do. I thought you were just going to keep talking. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll start that one over.